Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. I'm going to continue the series, Because He Is. Someone say, Because He Is. Uh-huh. Because He Is the Bread of Life. Jesus makes a statement here, and we're going to get into that verse. He says, I am the Bread of Life. He made these I am statements in the book of John, and that's fascinating because it's further proof that he is God in the flesh. See, God, that's how he related to Moses. Remember when God first, let, let me flip that around. Remember when Moses first met God? He said, who are you? Who should I say sent me? He said, tell him I am. I am? What does that mean? It means I am everything you'll ever need. It means I'm the provider. I'm the creator. I invented breath. I invented light. I am and I always have been and I always will be. That's what the I am is. The powerful thing about that statement, I am, is because God can go on to say all the wonderful things he is to us. And Jesus goes into that. He makes several numerous I am statements in the book of John. And the book of John's powerful because the first chapter begins with in the beginning, right? Just like the book of Genesis does. John the Apostle, John the writer who was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write the book of John, is saying very emphatically, very clearly, very plainly, look, he's God in the flesh, he's the one who, he, he's who he said he was, he's who he said he is, look, he was there at the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And apart from him, nothing was created that was created. Why? Jesus has always been the voice of God. He's the word made flesh. He's the word spoken out. And God will not violate or deny his word. He'll always confirm what Jesus is saying, just like the Holy Spirit will confirm what Jesus and the Father are saying. Say, man, is it strange that it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Is that three gods? No. It's one and three and three and one. It's the mystery of even how you're made. Did you know you are a spirit? You have a soul and you live in a body. You were created in God's image. You were created to live forever. So we'll get into some of that here in a minute. Let's go to Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. Genesis 8, 20. I love this. I'm not going to get into the whole story. I'm not even going to get into the whole text there. But this is part of it, and this is powerful. This is after the flood, right? And Noah, look at what he did. He built an altar to the Lord. And there he sacrificed his burnt offerings, the animals and birds, that had been approved for that purpose. Interesting, that, that is before the law was ever given. There were acceptable and unacceptable sacrifices. So God was in communication with man, men and women at this time about what was pleasing to him. And the Lord, look at this, the Lord was pleased. Someone say the Lord was pleased. Uh-huh, the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. That's a big statement. Even though everything, <laughs> look at this, even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood, I will never again destroy all living things. Can someone say thank God for Jesus with me? Oh, man. Scripture says we were conceived in iniquity. You say, man, I was innocent. Up to a certain age, I didn't even know what I was doing. Of course. Children who are aborted or children who die at a young age, they go to be with Jesus. But you know how it is as humans, even babies at a certain age, they will claw your eyes out if they don't get what they want. But they don't realize what they're doing. 
We have to teach them what's socially acceptable. You can't act that way. And some kids, well, they never learned what's socially acceptable. They keep acting like that as grown men. That's where you get murderers and people in prison because their personality profile is, if I can't have it now, I'm going to do whatever I can to get it. That's just humanity. You say, is that just men? No, it's humans, men and women. At some point, just men are more aggressive naturally than women. But here's what the Lord said. He said, despite the fact that there are sinful creatures now because even their thinking is wild and crazy, I'm not going to destroy everything ever again. He made a covenant. Someone say covenant. Now, this is not to condemn you today because now under the new covenant, you're the blessed of the Lord. You are right with God. Someone say, I'm right with God. Uh huh. Someone say, I'm righteous. Uh huh. Say, because of Jesus. Uh huh. Your every waking thought is not evil anymore. You say, man, I got, you don't even know, Pastor. I struggle in my mind sometimes. Yeah, but you're a believer now and you're right with God through faith in Jesus. Someone say, amen. I'm glad you're with me. So look at what he says here. Look at this covenant he makes with Noah. And all the animals, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. It's always going to be here as long as the earth remains. Is that powerful? And it's a covenant. It's God's agreement saying, look, here's what I'm going to do. In witness of all the creatures on the ark and in witness of all of heaven and the angels and you remaining survivor humans who, who are now, those are our, those are our ancestors those are your great grand 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 grandpappy and mammy right Noah and his wife and his kids Shem Ham and Japheth those are our ancestors all of us all of us as long as the earth remains there will be planting and harvest cold and heat summer and winter day and night as long as the earth remains that's God's promise that's a covenant now the powerful thing about a covenant we learn this there's a word in Latin, it's called companis, C-O-M-P-A-N-I-S. It means to eat bread with someone. It means to eat bread that you have in common with someone else. It means to spend time with your companion and eat bread. Companis, that's where we get the word companion. In Spanish, the word for bread is pan, P-A-N. So panis, P-A-N-I-S, once again in Latin, means bread. And companis means to eat bread together. Back in the day, a great covenant was that you would sit at a meal and put salt on your food. Salt is a symbol of covenant as well. And eat food together. You ever heard people say, man, let's break bread together? That's a spiritual way or a soulful way of saying, let's, let's get a burger, bruh. Right? Let's eat together. When you eat with someone, there's, a, there's an agreement. Scripture says, I believe it's Solomon in Ecclesiastes, he said, how can two walk together unless they be in agreement? Right? Have you noticed that even when you walk with someone many times, your steps start aligning? Have you ever noticed that? You start watching them and you start matching your steps. I love it when I see husbands and wives walking. They'll walk through our neighborhood and they'll be walking and their, their steps are in alignment. They're walking at the same pace. It's amazing. Hard to walk together if you're off rhythm. You say, man, well, sometimes I'm not walking at the same exact Pace there, I'm having to take lots of steps because their legs are longer. Yeah, but you're, you're still in agreement. You're walking together, keeping up with each other or holding back a little. I remember one time I went with a guy. He used to go to church here years ago, and we went to Lowe's. And he told me in Spanish, I walked into Lowe's, man, and I was walking fast. And he was a lot shorter than me. He goes, Pastor, are we walking or are we running? I said, oh, I'm sorry. I was walking. He's like, man, I got to walk. to I got to run to keep up with you. Well, we had to. How can two walk together unless they be in agreement? 
The Lord knows that. See, the Lord created us for him, and he created us for covenant. See that up there on the screen? Covenant. Someone say covenant. A covenant in and of itself is a blood agreement. You cannot break the covenant. The only way you get out of the covenant is by the death of one of the parties who agreed to the covenant. How many of you know God is not going to die? He is the living God. Jesus died and rose again because that was part of the plan. But now we have a covenant with God through Jesus when, he accept, when we accept his sacrifice by faith. And this is amazing because Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In saying, I'm the bread of life, panis, remember P-A-N-I-S, pan, bread. He's saying, you receive of me as your bread and we're in covenant. I'm everything you will ever need. Someone say, Jesus is the bread of life. Someone say, Jesus is everything I will ever need. Mm -hmm. He's the bread of life to you. He's the bread of life for me. Let's go to John chapter 6, verse 26. Look at this. Love this text. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. He's talking to the crowds, right? I'm not going to get into all of it, but the crowds were looking for him in the previous verses. They said, where were you, teacher? He said, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. Y'all know Jesus would do the largest fish fries in history. Folks would show up, man, because he was handing out food. Say, man, you going to the revival meeting with Jesus? Yeah, I'm not even really listening to what he's saying, but he's handing out bread and low bread and loaves of, I mean, you know, bread and fish. He says, you want to be with me because I fed you. The food was free, not because you understood the miraculous signs. Look at this. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. What a lesson for us today, even, even as believers. Sometimes we focus on things. I've talked to my Bible study about this many times. We've got to push things out into eternity and imagine, will this matter in 50 years? Will this matter in 100 years or 1,000 years? No, my light bill will not matter 1,000 years from now. You know what will, be matter? what will matter is the faith I exercised in paying my light bill a thousand years from now. But the light bill is going to be gone. Say, man, does it matter what I wore today? Well, as if I did it in faith for God's glory, that will matter. You take your faith and your good works because of your faith into eternity. But how many of you know you arrived in your birthday suit and you're going to leave in your birthday suit? They were doing a thing for a while. I don't know if. They do that in the United States. They were doing it in Puerto Rico where people would die, man, and they would put their body all posed up like on a ninja motorcycle. I saw one. They were doing a, like a, a vigil, like a vigilia, you know, a wake for someone who had passed away. And they had this dude in the corner like this chilling. And he was dead. Man, that is freaky. If I catch y'all ever doing that, we're going to have a prayer service. I'm going to cast demons out of something. They had the dude in the corner like that with his hat on and his shades, and he's like this in the corner, posed up. Rigor mortis set, having set in. His body's all stiff and dead. and he's That's crazy, man. Let that dude go. I pray that he was right with Jesus, but this, these bodies are perishable, aren't they? We can't take anything with us. I'm, I'm, I, I'm always remembering the fact that I'm not taking anything with me because a lot of the stuff that I have on earth it's like I'm borrowing it anyway. I buy it. God loans it to me. I get to be a good steward or a manager of it, like shoes. Y'all know that. I like shoes, so I'll sell them or give them away. Or Man, they opened up a new pawn shop yesterday. 
and they ain't hardly got anything in there yet. But I, and I know you're smiling, Adrian, because you know I love pawn shops. You too, Eric. Y'all know I love pawn shops. I was in there. They didn't hardly have anything. And I guess what? I had stuff to sell. I'm like, y'all take these yet? He's like, not yet, but you want to come see me Tuesday? I'm like, what time? I'm not taking anything with me. Say, man, well, my good deeds have to outweigh my bad deeds. That's how I get to heaven. Oh, that sounds clever, but that's dumb. That's not scriptural. Once you put your faith in Jesus, your good deeds are automatically going to outweigh your bad deeds if you really love the Lord. But that's not what gets you to heaven. What gets you to heaven is faith in Jesus, accepting the sacrifice. And that's how you are in covenant now. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Spend your, look, don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. What a statement. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. This is an interesting crowd. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Everything you do in life is based on your faith in God. Believe in the one he has sent. Put your faith in Jesus. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. Like he hadn't been, right? Aren't they the same crowd he gave free food to the week before or whenever? What can you do, they asked him. After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Huh. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven for sustenance, life, eternal life, and for covenant. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. See, back in the day, they called bread the staff of life. That was before rainbow bread. You can't live on rainbow bread. You probably won't be able to have regular digestive movements if you eat rainbow bread all the time. You'll die. You'll probably suffocate. You can eat it here and there. It's just, yeah, that's white bread, though. It tastes good. Oh, I know, but it's enriched. Enriched with what? They took all the vitamins out and then enriched it with what they wanted. No. Back in the day, bread, you could live on bread and water. It was so nutritive. And he's saying, I'm better than that. I am the bread of life. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me will never, someone say never, never be hungry again. Are you catching this? There's an agreement going on here. He says, if you come to me, whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. See, that's covenant. He says, you do your part. You just come to me in faith. You'll never be hungry again. And then he goes on to say, whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So he says, come to me, and you'll never be hungry again. Believe in me, and you'll never be thirsty again. That's a covenant, isn't it? That's a covenant. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 1.20. That's an agreement. God has always been a God of covenant. It's powerful because God came up with covenants as a means for him, the divine, to deal with fallen mankind. How unique. Can you imagine a billionaire shows up to you and goes, look, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of all your needs. All you got to do is be in agreement with me. And everything that I put in this agreement will be legal and moral and for your benefit. What do you say? No way, sir. No thanks. Don't need your money. Don't need your time. Don't need your blessings you want to give me. No. The greater one comes, and that's God. The greater one establishes the covenant and says, here's what I got. Here's what I offer. All you got to do is serve me and put your faith in me. 
Look at this. For all of God's promises, we were talking about this recently, weren't we? For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, I like this translation, our amen means our so be it, the end of the prayer, the author and finisher of the faith, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Now let's do that one in the English Standard Version if you have it. You know what? I'm jumping ahead of myself. Forgive me, Nikon. Would you do that one English Standard Version anyway? That was not part of the plan. The next one is part of the plan. This is 2 Corinthians 1.20. Take your time. That's not your fault. That's mine. I did not ask you for that translation on that particular verse. So in Jesus, you have everything. Everything you'll ever need. Someone say, everything I'll ever need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the names of God in the Old Testament was El, Shad El Shaddai. Someone say El Shaddai. 2 Corinthians 1.20. I'm sorry. I thought that verse looked a little bit. I threw, I threw your rhythm off because I didn't have that in the lineup. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. Did you know that? We can't pray in my name. That prayer would hit the ceiling and never make it to heaven. In the name of Matthew. That's why I don't pray in the name of saints. That's why I don't pray to saints or angels. I pray to God in the name of Jesus. Someone say amen. Say, man, are, are you being harsh? No, no, no. It's the truth of the word. Scripture says there is only, only one mediator, one go-between be, be, for God and man, and that is Jesus Christ. That's it. Look at this. For all the promises of God find, oh, I love this translation. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. All the promises of God find their yes in him. Say, what has God promised me in this covenant? Well, everything else that I'm going to mention today is actually part of the covenant. I divided out the different points here just so I can get my point across better, I feel. But everything is taken care of, actually, in the covenant. Everything. People don't realize they have a covenant with God. I know some of us in here, we've signed contracts, huh, real quick. Say, so, yeah, I want the furniture. Yeah, I want the car. We sign contracts and we break them like that, even believers. So, I don't want it anymore. What you mean you don't want it anymore? You sign for it, champ. If you got to eat that thing, if it's broken, you sign for it. Finish paying it off. That's an agreement. It's signed. But, yeah, back in the day, they used to sign covenants in blood. Back in the day when people would get married, Sounds a little gruesome, but here's what they used to do. They would nick the lip of the lady and the man, and they would kiss, and it would be sealed in blood. People are going, ew. Mm -hmm, but if he's hot, you'd be like, I guess I'm a vampire. Mm -hmm. She's on not me. Which Twilight was demonic anyway, but a blood covenant. That's not in the Bible. We're going to nick each other's lips and drink. But I'm just saying that ancient cultures do believed in the power of a blood covenant. An agreement that is serious and permanent. That's it. It's God's idea to take care of and deal with and work with his people throughout history. Okay? So physical bread is also God's covenant. I see it this way. As God's covenant of, I'm going to take care of you. You the earth will always produce. Remember, there will be seed time and harvest. 
cold and hot, night and day. Seed time and harvest, cold and hot, night and day, as long as the earth remains, and I will take care of you. I will make sure the earth gives a harvest so you can have bread slash food. Twinkies don't grow on trees, though, praise God. We made those. We messed that up. You need some good stuff, all right? Covenant. Because he is the bread of life, we have covenant. That's point one today. Number two, we have sustenance. Say sustenance, you just mean for our physical body? Sure, he'll, he'll provide for your physical body, but even more so, even more powerful is how he sustains everything. Let's go to Hebrews 1. Three and four, this will be an English Standard Version and L New Living Translation. <laughs> My apologies again, Mayhem. So Hebrews 1, 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe, how? He up upholds the universe by his anointing. He upholds the universe by your word. He upholds the universe by your desires. Do you know some people believe that? They're mad at God because he didn't do what they wanted. They think he upholds the universe based on their plan. I hear people all the time say, God wouldn't do that. God, I'm like, you don't know God. You've never read the Bible. You read the Bible, you understand his will. You may not understand all of it, but you understand what he wants you and needs you to understand. There's things, I mentioned this last Sunday, Deuteronomy 29, 29. Write that down. Put it somewhere. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Review that later. There's things he's holding us responsible and accountable for, us and our children. And that's this word that he's given us. He's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Wow. Everything that's being, it's always been amazing to me. Say, how do your atoms e even hold together? They say, we're made of many atoms, but they hold together and become physical. How? But everything vibrates with a frequency or a resonance. Everything's moving right now, you just can't see it. My wife would beg to differ. She's like, no, you're always moving, and I can see it. She's like, can't you sit still, right? She's like, and you know, my wife's favorite thing to ask me is, baby, have you had caffeine? I'm all, no, you, you're with me the whole time. No, not yet, but wait until I get caffeine. It's going to be on. If you think this is up here, just wait, right? He upholds the universe by the word of his power. His word sustains everything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Scripture says. He said, let there be light. So powerful that the first statement that God makes in all of Scripture tells us so much about who he is and his character and that he can be manifest in different ways and he has different aspects to his character. Did you know light is both a particle and a wave? Scientists for the longest couldn't figure that out. That out. They said, no, it's just a particle. It's photons. No, it's just a wave. It's a wave of light. It has a frequency and stuff. No, light is a wave and a particle at the same time say how can how can god be god the father the son and the holy spirit well there are different characteristics of god different parts of god but it's all the same person people would ask me how can you be bald and hairy pastor matt oh it, it's it's true both me i'm bald but look at my arm i'm hairy as well different attributes different attributes and so you start to say, you see, oh, okay, so God, as Jesus himself, as I am the bread of life, he sustains us. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making what? After making purification for sins, he sat down. Someone say sat down. You only sit down when the job's done. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. 
having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Jesus was not an angel. He is God in the flesh. Some religions teach you said, no, Jesus is actually Michael the archangel. That's not what the Bible says. Jesus is Jesus, and then there's Michael the archangel. Two separate people. Jesus is God in the flesh. Someone say God in the flesh. Let's go back to that about his word in that same translation, if you would, please. He upholds, on the count of three, let's say this together. One, two, three. We'll say it a few times. Count of three. One, two, three. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Let's say it again. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Even quantum physicists and scientists, they know that we're atoms. They know that there's a nucleus in the atom with protons, neutrons, and electrons in it. Science lesson by Pastor Matt, right? They have a charge, positive or negative, and all these stuff. And an ion is a charged atom and different stuff. Yeah, but then what are the protons and neutrons made of? What is that made of? They said, well, it's made of energy. Energy. Well, then what is the energy made of? Now, even secular quantum physicists have said that the energy at the base below quantum level is actually words. It's the word of God since creation. Let there be light. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. Even the atoms in your body, in this podium, in the carpet, in the speaker, in the screen, in your hair, in your skin, all those cells, they're being held together by the word of his power. That is impressive. And because the bread was the staff of life for thousands of years, it's not really the staff of life anymore, right? Because it supports and sustains life. And every culture has some type of bread, huh? Have you noticed that? I feel that's a spiritual parallel. Every culture has some kind of bread. So Jesus is saying to every culture on the planet, I am the bread of life. What you need to support you, what you have in every culture, it's a parallel of who I am. I am the bread of life sent from heaven. I sustain you. He sustains creation forever. He's Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Scripture says. God our provider health, everything else. He sustains it. Let's go to Philippians 4.19. You know this verse. Y'all memorized it in children's church. Some of you got a bumper sticker on your car, maybe. Or maybe you did when you were kids. And this same God who takes care of me, the Apostle Paul says, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches. My God shall supply all my needs, right? Which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. He'll always take care of you. He may not always take care of you how how you think you want, you need. But he'll take care of you how he believes that you need and knows that you need. He'll always take care of you. Always. This same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs. Someone say all. Uh-huh. All your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now that is powerful. So once again, I broke down these points today. They can all fall under covenant. I wanted them to be separate points in your mind. For teaching purposes, we have covenant, we have sustenance with Jesus as the bread of life. Now we have completeness. Someone say completeness. Maybe you've told somebody this, and I bet it was cute when you did. You said, you complete me. You complete me. Right? I stole that phrase. You complete me. That's a heart. It's a good one, too. Been working on it. You complete me, right? Completeness. I believe this ties into that. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Dad hit this one hard last year and into this year. This is powerful. May the God of peace, 
Amazing that that word peace is used there. May the God of peace make you holy in every way, set apart, different, not only right with God, but living like it. Holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ, what, comes again. Let's go back to the beginning of that verse. I want to see that on the screen. Isn't that nice? May the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until Jesus returns. Blameless. No blame. He says, they are right with me by the blood of Jesus. Complete. Remember, Jesus said, you'll never be hungry. If you come to me, he said, you'll never be hungry again. If you believe in me, you'll never thirst again. That's the covenant. I am the bread of life. You come to me, I'll feed you forever. That's sustenance. But in sustaining you, I will make you complete. There's an old song that John Gibson and Crystal Lewis sang back in the day. It was probably the late 80s, early 90s. And it was called Find Myself in You. And it's talking about the only way I can actually find myself in life is finding out who I am in God. You ever met someone who doesn't have an identity? One week they're a gangster. One week they're a cowboy. One week they're a, I don't know, a blood or a crip. One week their accent's different. I remember guys like that at school. They'd hang out with their friends. They'd say, Yo, what's up, man? Then I'd talk to them. They'd say, Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm all, Who is you? <laughs> who were you? Who are you? What? Identity. You only find your identity in God. People are always talking about identity theft. Man, the enemy came to steal identity. That's why he's attacked families. Here's the deal. This is a word from God straight out of his word for you today and by his spirit that will line up with his word. If you've had issues with dad or dad wasn't there or man, that was just a mess, whatever, you forgive dad and understand that your heavenly father wants to have a relationship with you through Jesus and only he can bring absolute total peace and completeness. Someone say completeness. It's powerful that that verse says the God of peace and goes on to speak about all of you. God brings peace. May the God of peace make you holy in every way, in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless. He's going to take care of all of you. Someone say all of me. That's why dad is such a big deal. That's why a dad is such That's why a father figure said, man, they were not biological, but he was my father figure. Praise God for uncles and grandparents and, and pastors and the neighbor that was just a good person or a grandpa or whoever. Say, why is that so important? Because the earthly father is supposed to point toward God the father and give him glory. But the enemy attacked the family. That way people would resent their earthly father and think their heavenly father was just like him. You can meet folks that are old, man. I'm talking old, 90s, that haven't forgiven their dad. Or their mom, for that matter. But you gotta, you got to see this. Say, man, I, I'm complete in him. He was broken, so I'd be complete. Now, he's going to call you to brokenness. Don't get me wrong. Say, what is broke Brokenness. Brokenness is a place that you come to when you've gone through trials and you say less of me and more of him. You come to a place in God where you say, you know what? I'm so heartbroken, all I have is God. I feel so low that all I have is God. 
And you may be surrounded by good support, but there's times, no matter, even in a crowded room, you feel lonely. You ever been there? You've got to find your completeness in God. You say, man, I've, I've, I'm lonely at home, and I'm lonely in a group. I'm not satisfied. He says, no, you can only be satisfied and complete and sustained in me. He was broken so you could be healed. Scripture says he died to break the curse. What was the curse? Sickness, poverty, and death. You can be healed physically and spiritually. You can be blessed physically and spiritually with goods. That's not the focus of anything, but you're blessed. So you can be a blessing even with, with money and, and wealth, whatever God gives you. Not just enough to take care of you and your family, but to bless others. That's a true blessing. And he's also rescued us from death. Say, death, does that mean I'll never die? Well, according to Jesus, you won't, because this is just, remember, death is not a period. It's a comma. Pause. Okay, I'm in eternity. Absent from this body, Scripture says, is present with the Lord. And I move into eternal life, which is our fourth point today. Eternal life. Say, is that important? Uh-huh. Unless you're just not all there, you're going to think about your afterlife. What are the things people think about if they have any sense? They think about family, finances, health, right? Their afterlife. They should. Some people, and I've heard people say stupid stuff. Say, man, I'm going to be with all my friends in hell. You decided that? That's a stupid, can I, can I say this for everybody? Say, Pastor shouldn't talk like that. No, let me let me enunciate. Let me get it out there. I'm going to spit. This is how, since I'm not a rapper, I spit when I preach. Let me say this. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, ever. I'm going to be with all my friends. You don't decide that. You're going to have power when you die to decide where? No, that's why you have faith to swing you out into eternity by the blood of Jesus there. I'm going to be with all. Anyone who's ever had a near-death experience or died and went to hell, and I've met the people, they said it's absolute darkness, torment, demons laughing at you, worms crawling, fire burning, and separation from God. No friends, no family, all alone. The most alone feeling they'd ever felt. You don't want to go there. And I know you're believers, so you're not. But it's just a reminder to us as believers. That's what reminds us that everything that Jesus did on that cross so we could have eternal life. Let's go to John chapter 10, verse 27. Look at this and listen well. My sheep listen to my voice, Jesus said. I know them and they follow me. You got people going, I'm a believer, but I live how I want. I don't know the word. I don't care about the word. I don't remember the last time I prayed because I haven't needed anything. That's not the sheep of Jesus. Those aren't believers. He said, my sheep hear my voice and recognize it. He says, I give them, that's you, that's me, believers. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. They won't die. Meaning you cross over from life into the next life. Eternal life. That's what my mom did. On May 26, 2018, about 9 a.m. in the morning, right around 9 a.m., maybe a little before, she crossed over from this life into a better life. We either believe or we don't believe. We either believe that God is God of all or he's not God at all in our lives. Are you with me? He says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one, aren't you excited about this? No one can snatch them away from me. No one. No one can take you from God. You can push God away, but no one can take you from God. For my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. 
No one, he says it again, no one can snatch them from the Father's hand. Man, that is beautiful. No one. He says, I give my sheep eternal life. Aren't you excited that you have something to look forward to? I believe it was Tom Brady in an interview. You should look it up. Tom Brady was in an interview. Bless his heart. He's the greatest player of all, greatest quarterback of all time, according to everybody. Lots of Super Bowls. I don't like the guy. I love telling y'all that. I don't like him. He's always had a way of beating my Pittsburgh Steelers. I just have a problem with him. <laughs> Nothing deep or spiritual. I don't hold a grudge, but I don't like him. I love him, but I don't, I, I don't care for him. He just, he just, and you got him beat in the last minute, minute and a half, he'll beat you. Just terrible. But this guy, well, how many Super Bowls does he have? Does he have seven now? He has six? Only six. That's really? Okay, good news. That's good news. He has six total Super Bowls. Did he? Okay, we'll talk about it later. He, did he win with your, your football team? Oh, my gosh. So tired of LeBron and him. But anyway. <laughs> so he, he has six or seven Super Bowls, 6.5. And everybody says, oh, his wife's beautiful. He's, he's the greatest of all time. And he said in an interview, basically, I'm paraphrasing Matt version, he says, is this all there is? Money, he'll never spend all his money. Is this it? Everybody knows his name. He's like, what? Hey, Tom, no, this is not... All there is, there's eternal life that God has offered us through Jesus. Gives you purpose every day. That's what gets me out of the bed every day. People that know me are like, no, your dog gets you out of the bed at, at 4.30. Yeah, but no. If I didn't have purpose, I wouldn't get up for that puppy either, for that dog. She's not a puppy anymore. I'm like, oh, my gosh, 4.30. <laughs> what time is it? I thank God through Jesus that we have eternal life. You were created to live forever. Who doesn't want that? You'd have to be crazy not to want that. So we know that because he is the bread of life, we have covenant. Someone say covenant. Someone say sustenance. Yeah, he sustains the universe, the multiverse. Whatever it is you think is out there, man, he sustains it all by the power of his word. One translation says the word of his power. Number three, we have completeness in him. He's all you'll ever need. He satisfies. Money won't. Sex won't, the, um, fame. Man, ask celebrities. Say, how, was it great while it lasted? Sure, but did it satisfy? No. That's why a lot of your celebrities are strung out on drugs. It's never enough. But in Jesus, you can have completeness. And number four, look at this. This is so important. This is for after this victorious life. Once you've realized I am who, who you are in Christ Jesus, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He'll supply my needs. I'm right with him. I'm a child of God. After this life, you cross over into eternal life because you were created to live forever. Yeah, it's way more than just this. You say, man, I'm on the grind. The grind. We'll, we'll, we'll analyze that later. But no, it's not just the daily grind. It's the daily. You ever heard that? Give us this day our daily bread. It's Jesus. See, I got to accept him every day. You accept what he did for you every day and you walk in it every day. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes because he is the bread of life.
Every head bowed, every eye closed, no talking. Please stay off your phones for a little bit. We're almost done. Is there anybody in this house at the sound of my voice who has never received Jesus as the bread of life? You've never received him as your Savior. You've never publicly confessed him as your Savior. I will not embarrass you in any way. This is just the first step in your walk with God for eternal life and for victory while you're on this planet until you get to eternal life and live it out. Is there anyone in this house who says, I've never been made right with God through the faith of my confession? Would you raise your hand? I've never made peace with God. I've never had communion or eaten bread with God, right? I've never been God's companion by coming into agreement with his bread of life. I've never accepted Jesus. Would you raise your hand today? You've never done it before ever. Raise your hand. Let's make sure that's the first thing we need to do today. We need to make sure you're right with God. All right. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Repeat this prayer with me. It's for everyone joining us on the live stream today as well. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Say, He's the only one that can save me. I'm so sorry, Lord, for my mistakes, my choices, my sin that did not please you. But now I believe and now I know, and now I confess that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I believe he died and rose again for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody looking, Want you to look at me, go ahead and stand to your feet. Want you to be real honest with yourself and with me today. Want you to ask yourself before you answer by raising a hand if you choose to, and that is, I need Jesus to be the bread of life in different areas that are lacking in my life, meaning I need him to be the bread of life, the completeness for me in and for everything. Would you raise your hand today? I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you because that's God's will for you. Remember, God's word is his will, and that's what we read today. Let's believe God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your hand of grace and mercy and power and anointing over these humble folks today. I thank you, Lord God, that they they've not only received Jesus, they are believers. But, Lord God, they will live like believers. They've accepted Jesus not just as Lord and Savior, but as their daily bread, the bread of life, the all-sufficient Savior. God, you don't need anyone else, but you created us to be in communion with you because you wanted that. And communion, once again, is companionship and sharing bread with you. Thank you for sending Jesus to be the bread of of life, the light of the world, so we could accept you, be in covenant with you. God, even the Lord's Supper, it's a symbol of your blood and your body. Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you, so that you could be part of my body. I'm adding that. Lord, you said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Lord, through seasons of brokenness, that you would be our bread. Through seasons of hurt, God, you would be our bread. Through seasons where we've, it's perceived lack, God, or we're lacking something, we've been waiting and believing, holding out hope like Abraham. Be our bread, Lord. I know we're believers in this house and probably most of the people listening, but if there's anyone out there who prayed the prayer of faith to accept Jesus for the first time today, May Jesus be your bread as well. He is everything you need. He's all you'll ever want if you give him 
Give him the time of day. Give him some time. Man, when I meet with him in here, in my car, in the office, at home to pray and to seek his face, man, I'll go to the restroom to get ready to shower and I'll put on the word and I meet with God and I listen to his word. I know that I know that I know he is the bread of life for my sustenance in my spirit, in my soul, and in my body. He sustains you with Zoe, the very breath of life, the breath of God. That's the Greek word. That's the Greek, the Greek word for the breath of life, the, the life of God. Let me, let me say that better. Zoe is the life of God in Greek, but I believe he gave that to us physically when he breathed that into the lungs of Adam and Eve. But now he's given that to us in every other way when Jesus came, the second Adam, to make it right. He is the breath of life. He's the bread of life. He said, whoever comes to me, I'll satisfy your hunger. Whoever believes in me, I'll satisfy your thirst. God says, I am everything you'll ever need. Take the gift I've given you. Run with it. You'll be blessed here and throughout eternity. We receive that, Father, and we thank you today. In Jesus' name. Somebody said, Amen.